Hello, Matt Morris over there in Perth, Morris Infrastructure. Thanks for supporting this podcast, allowing us to do it and supporting all things mentality, being a mentality club member and an all-round legend. May you have allowed us and you supported us to be able to do this podcast today, which stays with Cruz Lehman. We go into all of Cruz's background as a, a young rugby league player, the twists and turns and the failures that you can learn from growing up playing rugby league as a, as a young lad. Some really good messages there for, for young people, for young players coming up through the ranks and valuable lessons that, that can be learned and, and heard about from Cruz and, and, and my point of view too. Cruz also talks in specific about his experience growing up. He lost his dad at about eight years old and he talks about a valuable mentor he had in a fella and a coach at Siddle called Gaz Robinson. And Cruz talks a bit about what he wants to do in the future of the game of rugby league and he talks about the mentality that he thinks is needed. He talks about the sort of the esoteric nature of mental health and mental toughness, how that was taught to him when he was younger and how it's changed today too. Hope you enjoy this podcast. Really, really good one for Leeds Rhinos fans and really good for, for rugby league fans who want to uh, sort of experience or to understand what it's like for young players growing up and where they want to get to, where they want to strive to. Do have a look at everything that's going on over these next few weeks. Subscribe to everything that we're doing at Mentality at mentalitymagazine.com. We are doing quite a bit of stuff for people, whether it's online yoga, whether it's online workout alongs at home that you can do. And we're just creating a community where we can come together and learn stuff and learn things about keeping us in a good routine. Have a look at what we've got going on at mentalityapparel.com. We've got the last few bits left from the Cultivate collection from when we launched just before Christmas, before we come out with a new exciting collection going forward too. So keep up to tabs with that. And uh, also tell Mentality, tell me, Stevie Ward, tell Cruz if you enjoyed the podcast and what you found valuable. Cheers. Enjoy the pod. How are you doing, pal? I know I've spent all morning with you, but how are we doing? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Been a good morning, hasn't it? Got has some been. Gym in. Yeah. With, uh, um, nice feed. Yeah, we've amongst the uh, the chaos, we've done a bit, haven't we? Done yeah. a bit of training and stuff, and. Um, Feeling good, feeling good about it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it, mate. I'm enjoying it. Everything at the minute. It's different for us to in it because we've been injured, mm. but um, I think everything at the minute's but relatively normal to us because yeah. we've not been playing and stuff like that. Where the game's been off, yeah. It just seems like, well, it couldn't have come really uh, from a selfish reason. It couldn't have come at a better time for us. We're sort of we're sort of in our own routine anyway, aren't we? Yeah. For what we've got to get back with, so. Yeah. We've been self-isolating for a month somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's my normal thing, that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm a self-isolator anyway. <laughs> um, people will be joining our world. Exactly, in, in, yeah. in a way, like not playing games, but also having to um, do the bits of, of icing, do the bits of rehab on your own, do the bits yeah. of stuff that you need to do. Just for people listening, Cruz, can you explain what, what injury you've got a minute and, and what where you're at. Yeah. Um, what happened was, I'll start right back from where I did it. We were in a wrestle session and um, I'm, you know, I'm carrying a ball in and I've gone to step off my right hand side, just a normal routine step in a wrestle session. 
and my legs like locked stiff. And um, as I've gone to step off it, my uh, my kneecaps like come out of the joint. Mm. Um, and then it so it, it it gave me a slight tear in my MCL, which that's that's what they picked up on the first scan, which is not a massive yeah. injury. It's um, you know, it's two weeks, three weeks max. Like rehab it and and, and give it two or three weeks. Yeah, no operation. Um, you know, just just a simple ice rest rehab, uh, and then I should be back in three weeks. So we went through that for three weeks, thinking you know, and then three weeks didn't get any better, didn't get any better. So this you know, four weeks, five weeks went by. They sent me for another scan, and then they said that I had um, it's called hyaline cartilage in my knee. Um, and it's meant to sit flush, but as I've as I've banged my knee, it's like imagine, you know, as you lay a carpet down, the carpet's the cartilage, and it's laid to the floor. It's meant to just sit flush to the floor, and it's like ripped up in the corner, so there's a corner of it flapping about. So what they tried to do then is a procedure called PRP, and what PRP is is like they take some blood out of your out of one of your your veins in your arm, and then they spin that blood. And then they get the platelets from that blood that help, you know, help blood clot, help, help you heal. And then they in- inject it into my knee. So yeah. we did, we went through that for for two weeks and then um, that didn't work. Mm. So then from there, we, we had to go and get an operation. And what they did with the operation is they went in keel surgery, three holes. And they've, they've you know, back to that carpet um, analogy, they've took, they've, they've just shaven that, that, that bit that had lifted back up. It's and it's causing just, a bit of like hustle. Yeah. Being which, in way. Yeah, which we're in way, like you say, mm-hmm. we're in way. I, I won't be able to bend my knee and run properly without it flaring up because it would just kept catching. So they've shaved that off, um, sucked it out, got rid of it. And then um, he's just sewn me back up and hopefully now I'm just waiting for it to heal properly. And then, you know, I should be fine and, and get no more problems with it. Yeah. So you're on the path now. It's a month post op. You're back on the the sort of the plane, and you it's looking like you shaved a bit of time off with being able to sit on the bike and do a bit, um, which is good, which is class really. Like after the sort of experimental stuff that we've done to try to get it back, it's it's looking like you're you're back on the the, the rehab train now, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is. It's it's much better for me because like whereas before, where we were doing this PRP, it were a it was a thing we did to try and help it, but nobody knew if it were going to work. But now with that operation, I know worst case scenario, I'm going to be back playing in, in 12 weeks. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's, that's put my mind to rest a little bit. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And more um, it's yeah, more certain involved. Yeah. So I remember when you were first came to the club and, um, must be, was it November, November, uh, November time you first started training. Yeah. Yeah. Agar, Rich Agar got you up, didn't he? Yeah. And, um, to give a bit of a background on you and to um, explain yourself and, and why you've got such a, I don't know, what is it? It's a bit of a Hollywood first name, isn't it? It's a bit of a cool first name, what you've got. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, people, <laughs> that's what people say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but there's, there's a backstory, isn't there, to it? And it, it, I guess that leads into, well, your, completely your background as well and, and um, where you're from and I guess, you know, how you've ended up you know where you are from from your from your backstory. I don't know if you want to just drop into that and tell us where you got the flash first name. But yeah, you know, well, um, it started when I um, so my dad uh, and and his brother they they were tossing and turning between going to Africa and going to America. So they flipped a coin. Uh, heads was Africa, tails is America. 
So he flipped the coin, it landed, uh, they were going to Africa. So they ended up going to Africa and then, you know, the, the, they were finding jobs here and there and everywhere. And then uh, my dad became a croupier and that's where he met my mom. And they then started going on cruise ships and stuff like that. So from there, my I, I was conceived then on that cruise ship. And then when I was born, um, my dad wanted to, you know, he wanted me to have a name that represented... Um, you know, it wasn't just a, not a name that he'd give me just, just because he'd heard it somewhere else. He, he was very strong on believing that he wanted me to have a name that represented something about his life or something about my life or what, what went on around that time where I was born. Um, he wanted me to grow up with that name and he'd, he were always very strongly in telling me, um, you know, why I, I, I was called what I was called. It wasn't just a flippant decision. And he wanted to make sure that that name meant something to me. So he wanted to pick something, like I say, around that time. And he thought of cruise. Um, yeah, yeah. He wanted to pick something to do with a cruise ship. Do you know what I mean? I think <laughs> he, he, he tossed and turned for ages of calling me anchor. Um, yeah. Oh, and my mom, <laughs> my mom eventually talked him out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm very, very glad she did because obviously called anchor. I'd probably got more stick than what I do being called cruise. But, <laughs> yeah. um, so that's where I got my name from, um, from being conceived on a cruise ship. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and your mum's from not around here. She, she's from she's from over. Is it is it is it Swaziland, which is a, next to South Africa, or an island off South Africa? Yeah, it's a landlocked monarchy on its own, just at the bottom of South Africa. Um, yeah, that's that's where my mum's from. She grew up there. She's got um, sisters, brothers, aunties, uncles. Her full family is over there. Yeah. They're the, the, the from there. Um, so. I I live I was born over there I lived over there I come over to England when I was three years old yeah um so up until then these these videos of me at, at two and a half three years old with a little South African accent um not not knowing much English yeah and yeah. if I when I look back on them videos now it's so surreal to you know think I, I knew a totally different language I didn't know English and now to have a thick Yorkshire accent that I do yeah it's something. You know, it's it's pretty surreal. But like, say, yeah, my my mom's from over there, and she was brought up there. She's not got any family over here, and mm. you know, she, um, like, say, her mom and dad and and everyone were from that way. Yeah. So your journey started out into into rugby league from from being down there. Normally, down there near South Africa, be rugby union, wasn't it? Where obviously people um, get fed into and, and, and go and play. But um, so a bit of a backstory for for you being over here. Um, you obviously joined us from Huddersfield. Can you tell, like, obviously people listening, the the sort of you're twenty four now, you're twenty four now. So like the the sort of we touched on it a little bit um, when we had the um, Hyde Park Book Club um, went down there and Cruz has, has never been there, but he's he's learned some things already. <laughs> opened my there. eyes. It, it opened my eyes. It's opened your eyes. Yeah, it's we big, saw the big city, isn't it? You see different types of characters hanging exactly, about and mate. stuff and. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You got, enjoyed it. You, you're born in Swaziland. You come to Leeds, mate. You just <laughs> don't know what you're gonna learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone up there. Really good vibe. Had a nice brekkie, um, and we we chatted a little bit about, which I had obviously learned um, only just in the last hour about you. You actually at Warren, weren't you, as a young kid, and then you'd gone to Huddersfield, and now you've obviously ended up in Leeds. You talk about like your career as a as a young lad playing rugby and and what that what fear and. I guess what you've learned as well over that time, because it's quite valuable. Like obviously what you had an injury, and you and an operation at 15 in the shoulder and 
you touched on a little on, on that a little bit too. Yeah. Um, what happened was I played. I started down in um, at Siddle Juniors Amateur Club. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't live too far from there now. I live in Sorry Bridge, so it's not too far from there. But where it actually started was. None of my family's from rugby. None of my family ever, you know, they were boxers or, or my granddad played golf and my nan wanted me to get into golf and I played a lot of golf when I was growing up. And I used to practice down on the local field and one of the groundsmen said, you can't practice, you can't you can't come golfing down here. Uh, you're ripping up all the turf. And I said, um, and he said, you can only, I said, oh, well, this is where I practice, where, you know, I do most of my golfing. And he says, well, you can only come down here if you, if you sign on and, and start playing. So I start, I signed on played for Siddle and I was late, late as in terms of, you know, there were kids there that had started playing and had a ball in their hands since they were four, four, five year old. And, and how old were you at this stage? I was, I was 12 years 12. old when I started. So it is a bit, it's a bit later on. Um, and I played for a couple of years down Siddle, absolutely loved it. Got um, really close with my, uh, with my childhood coach from down there. Uh, Gaz Greenwood is very close to me now. Like he's almost, you know, well he is, he's my mentor. So I've, I, he, he brought me up and we'll go, we'll go a bit, bit you know further into that when you ask me but um yeah so I started down Siddle and uh did a couple of years down there that then I did actually get picked for Uddisfield and I did I did a year over there and then I went to Warrington Warrington picked me up uh Tommy Gleason took me to Warrington and um I think I played one game I only ever managed to play one game for Warrington because I got picked for England that year I played for England in uh in France and uh I was going, going into a corner, um, you know, and I've gone to dive and I've done my shoulder. So I had a three-quarter labrum tearing my shoulder. And um, so it put me out for a long time. I can't remember exactly how long it put me out for, but it, it was a long time. I had to have an operation at 15 years old. And then we had uh, what were called scholarship games back then. I don't know if they're still doing them now. Yeah, I think it starts around 16 games 16, now, Yeah, it? so we had like five or six scholarship games and back then it's like, you know, your name gets put forward to, for these games and it's a, it's a shop window to showcase yourself and put you, you know, put, put, put across what you can do. And um, I never managed to play. I think I might have played one or didn't play any games. Um, so then after that, I um, the I had a meeting, uh, went in with all the lads and to be honest, mate, I felt pretty confident. I felt like, you know, I've just played for England and it was taken out of my hands like it wasn't that I didn't get picked for the squad I, I hadn't played because I'd had this injury and you know I did I tried doing all the right things still went over still travelled over to Warrington every Wednesday Thursday or whenever it was still did my rehab over there um, and they, they brought me in and said look uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna sign you um, and it were it were a bit like it were a bit of a shock to me of as in like you know I felt pretty confident looking back on it now there's no, there's no, there's no free lunches. There's nothing that that warranted me getting getting that scholarship and getting that get, uh, you know, that contract there at, at a top top Super League club. But but when when I look back on it, I, I think yeah, they did they did probably the right thing. I'd not played for so long. They didn't know I was going to come back, and so then I spoke to Gaz, uh, my uh, my amateur coach, uh, my mentor, and you know we we spoke about it and we tried getting me. Uh, scholarship I didn't know what I was going to do tried going to Halifax Halifax actually offered me a deal saying that I would play for their first team and at 16 years old it was very appealing to me that I was going to be playing against blokes yes I remember that like being that age and you think you almost get that sort of short circuit or that that like sort of uh, 
if you if you get offered that immediate jump, it's very hard to resist in it because you just all you want to do when you're that age is to to play. All you just want to play that in the first team. You want to be playing it that in front of in front of crowds. You want to be playing in like a professional setup, and it's hard to resist that in it. And um, I do think I don't know what you think, but I do, I do think that that's too early. That I think that's too early for 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 young lads to to go and play against men. I think. Um, should be even later I think you know like when I when I started playing I was 18 and I look, I look back now mate and I was a skinny young boy yeah. playing yeah. honestly I was a skinny young boy probably about 10 kilograms or more less than what I am now Um, but because I had the ability I guess and because I could do it you know I did it you know from 18 Um, but yeah mate like 16 I think that's probably a wise thing to have like you say to have have have, have not done done that Halifax kick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree as well. Like you say, it, it's the uh, it's the and the stigma that surrounds like playing that first team. You're doing everything else, no matter how good anybody else is in your age. You want to be doing better than them, and you're doing something that they even if they've signed the best, you know. Um, scholarship or the best academy contract they can sign you've signed a first team contract and you could be playing against blokes yeah it's very much like you're comparing yourselves against the other young lads out here yeah. when you're that age you're yeah like, oh, this, this would be a step up this this is like this oh. is like the the place to go like for, for me right now if i can do it but yeah it probably is best to to hold your horses isn't it yeah almost better than the deal that or warrington could have offered me yeah. anyway do you know what i mean mm. but yeah, like you say, with the um, the young the young people playing against you know blokes and men, there is anomalies, isn't there? Like mm. there is people like yourself that do it, and um, like Sam Burgess and stuff like that. That's that's playing in in Test matches at eighteen year old and yeah, holding his own. And there is these anomalies, but as a whole, like rugby union do it, mm. and I think the the more the they they their their academy runs I think till 23, 24 do you know what I mean so yeah. it's a little bit different so yeah it might be the best way but like you say there is some anomalies in there yeah it's um, I mean you never know do you but it's, it's you know you learn a lot you, I mean I know I learn a lot from from those at that early age you know you're sort of thrown into the, the you know the, the furnace and it's um, um, and you're straight on with learning stuff you're straight on like you're put into this this atmosphere where it's it's that much about winning and that much about going to to do something big um but yeah i do wish i'd have an extra five five kilograms six kilograms on, on top of it <laughs> um playing but i remember thinking back now thinking back at to, to when you're talking about that age where you had that up 15 16 i remember being in camp and i remember feeling like He's shooting pains down my shoulder, and I think I probably did something similar. You know, when you like score a try and your arm like overextends yeah. to where it should be. Um, I remember feeling something similar. Um, I remember like being training, and one day I can remember it coming on, pain down my left shoulder, coming on like shooting pain, like really hard. Couldn't lift, couldn't lift my um, arms above my head and, and to the side. Um, and whether that's from that one time or whether it's just from like. You know, just keep whacking yeah. stuff, whacking stuff, whacking yourself against like other other players. Yeah, I remember. I do remember that. So I, I think, yeah, that is um, a memory that I could pull back to think that you know it is probably a good, a wise decision to 
to do what you did where yeah. you, you sort of suspending it out of you a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I always say if you um if you are good enough, you will you will play. Yeah. You you are gonna get that shot if you're good enough. There's mm. there's not many good players that are ready to play that slip through the net and don't end up making it. If you're mm. determined enough and good enough, you you know, you, you you will play. If you're not, then you won't. Um but moving on from that, I um I then got a phone call from Luke Robinson, which again were a Siddle junior. Uh, he were at Huddersfield at the time playing in the first team. Yeah. Um, and he rang me and were like, uh, oh, because uh, the, the mad thing about it was as well, was I, uh, I'd gone from playing for England then to going to Warrington and not getting signed. But then you, you get a letter through the door saying, you know, what clubs are interested in you and what, and not one club were interested in me, not one. That That's why, you know, that, that, that Halifax thing, were the only thing I had. Mm, like there were yeah. not one club that, that were interested. And Robo said, oh, I've heard that Warrington hadn't signed you. And having to having s- spoke to Huddersfield afterwards, they said, we thought Warrington were going to sign you. So we didn't even, right, yeah. we didn't even, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? And I think, I don't know if other clubs had done that or, you know, they hadn't seen me play or whatever. Mm. So they want, and then Luke uh, got me over to, got me over to Huddersfield and then, I signed, I signed for academy there, spent a year in academy and then I, and then I signed my first team deal and it was probably, you know, best thing that could have happened to me, the, you know, blessing in disguise yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny thinking back about like navigating for, you do forget, don't you? Like forget those, gets a bit hazy, doesn't it? The periods where you, you sort of, um, whether you're out injured or, you know, or whether, you know, you, you you're looking to. I think I was just going to go go on to play for Leeds, you know, and I went through the scholarship from 12 years old. Um, so I was there up until 16 where you, you sign, actually sign a contract and you start getting paid. And, um, you know, so I, I was there and, and always, you know, I always had my heart set and, and mindset on what I was going to do with Leeds. Um, but these, these bits and, and, and from, from you talking there, I get that those probably moments probably made you a bit more determined. I don't know. That, 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 just thinking about my experience, I know that, I think I might have spoke about it on podcast before, but I remember uh, it might be like a Yorkshire camp. You remember, you, did you ever get on the Yorkshire camps when you were younger? Yeah, um, it were like cold, cold uh, like service areas yeah. and then you were Yorkshire camps, weren't they? That's it, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, it were like regional camps, so you'd get 40 players from Yorkshire go over train for a few days and then play a game against each other and then you get the Yorkshire team picked. I remember going over to St. Peter's School in York, I think it was like a boarding school and we'd train there a few days and, and, and I sort of went through the process and stuff and I remember not sort of properly expressing myself and properly doing what I could on the field and sort of like being a bit like... um. Wait and see what happens, I guess. And, and I remember going there and I remember playing the game, thought I got through the game all right. But the letter that came through um, saying that I wasn't picked, oh, I, remember, I remember how fuming I was. I remember how gutted I was, mate. Yeah. Do you know, because I'd, I'd not got in. And and probably more as well, thinking I'll not give it everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? That gets to you. If you'd have, if you'd have give it everything, played really well, played the best you could, did everything you could and mm. you wouldn't have got in, then so be it. Do you know yeah, what exactly. I mean? But yeah. it, that's what them them things lie with you because you think I didn't give it, I didn't yeah. give it my all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
but it's better. I think that is better that it happens earlier. Definitely. Then you'll never let yeah. you've never let that happen again. Rather than yeah. you know doing it in doing it in a professional game in a, in a grand final and not yeah. winning, and then you've got to carry that round for. <laughs> You it's know. not worth it. It's not worth the mental anguish. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. I think that's the problem with me. I I, uh, I put myself in that art because I know that, like, like you say, I wanna I wanna put it all out there, but because I don't wanna leave anything, like I don't wanna leave anything like sort of expended and, and stuff on the game. Probably get bashed around a bit too much. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's what I reckon. Um, but I do remember that time when I got when I got. Um, you know, sort of left out that Yorkshire team and it hurt me. But I remember, like you say, the next the next year it came. You know, I didn't leave any stone unturned, and I just sort of put myself in there. And yeah, you know, from what from what you're saying, you sort of got knocked back from Warrington. And, you know, you've 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 had that sort of experience where you know speaking to Huddersfield and you're thinking, you know, I need something here, need something to to be able to go on to and, and to crack on with. And and you had that, I guess, as well. Yeah, I think. Like say, probably back there looking at it from now, what what things and you know, mate, like stuff that are happening today in the world and what's going on, it's it just gives you that little bit. It wakes you up a little bit of to not take anything for granted. And even though you know you've done this and you've done that, and you you know you might be going really really well, sometimes something itch you and you just think, Jesus, I've, I've been taking things for granted and it just wakes you up a little bit and yeah. stuff like that, not getting that letter. And and then like me signing Uddisfield, then it were like, it, I trained like it were the last, you know, the last contract I'm ever going to get, yeah. do you know what yeah. I mean? And I thought that's never, that's never going to, that that's never going to happen to me again kind of thing. But whereas if that wouldn't have happened, it might have happened two, three years later, which no other club wanted to touch me then. I'd have been 19 years old, not looking for a club. Um, you know, and then you're not a young, you're not a young lad anymore. Eh? You're starting mm. to become a man that's that needs to get a job, and you know yeah. that, that's not got a club instead of a young lad that's just looking. And the, you know, they take you for note. Mm. Um, you start having responsibilities and things. Other factors start start to creep in. So yeah, I feel like it does. It does shape you, doesn't it? As um, and it just makes you just makes like stuff that are happening today, and it just makes you think. I'm not gonna. I'm I'm not gonna take that for granted anymore. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, so yeah, we're we're recording this at a time when I guess there's a lot of uncertainty in what's going on, like around us with like the world and you know this, the coronavirus. This this might be released a few weeks after we recorded it. So, um, but you do you you do sort of see how people are acting different, how people are sort of panicking, and and people are sort of um, I guess trying to assess what's going on in their own way. Um, so it is a very, a very strange time to be alive. Um, but I do think, like you say, those wake, wake up calls, those sort of moments where I guess you have some, but you sort of leaning towards it and you're going to get it, but then it's taken away. It's really, really important. And yeah, I think the earlier that they happen and the earlier you can get over them is, is, is the, is for the better, I guess. Um, and, and you mentioned then as well, Cruz, about your mentor growing up. Um, how did he come into your life and, and, and what did he sort of develop for you as you, as you grew up through, through the ranks? Yeah, well, I'll talk about like my family first was, um, there were me, my mom and my dad, um, you know, till, till I were seven, eight year old. And then, uh, my mom, my mom got pregnant and, uh, had my youngest, uh, well, she were having my youngest sister, Marty, 
Yeah. Um, I already had Sansy, my oldest sister. Um, and she was having my youngest sister, uh, like I say, Martin. My dad uh, got diagnosed with cancer. Um, which, you know, like another thing that it would just... It, it was horrendous really at the time. I, I were eight years old. I, I was just old enough to, to you know, recall bits of it and, you know, remember that. I do remember that conversation of my mum having, you know, having to sit us down round the table and say, you know, you'd, and my dad had been ill and he was somebody that I'd never, you know, he'd played squash. Um, yeah. he, he were a window cleaner, so he were up and down ladders all the time. Mm. And um, he'd never, he, he was not, not a bed bound kind of, and he had been ill and, for some off chance, I can remember her sitting me down and saying, Cruz, I've got something to tell you, um, you, you know, your dad's unwell. And I can remember turning around to my mum and saying, he's got cancer, hasn't he? Out of nowhere. Really? Um, and she said, yeah. She said, yeah, he has, yeah. Uh, and I, I can remember it. It, were, it. it was so like, I just thought, oh, yeah, because it was just one of them things of, you know, oh, yeah, he's got cancer on it. And I were eight-year-old and my mum must have thought, how, how does he know that? Like, you know, it was just something that I'd said. Anyway, so we went through that and um, my dad tried to hold on for as long as he could for my youngest sister, Marty, to be born. My dad would call Martin and that's why mm -hmm. we called her Martin, you know, just, again, for her to have a name, something that means, you yeah, know, yeah. around that time. That's what, that's how we, you know, my mom and dad like to name the children. Um, and he passed away and I think he was maybe a, a mum for two shy of seeing his daughter. So uh, my mom had three kids, me, Sandy and Marty. Uh, well, she had two, me and Sandy and Marty hadn't been born yet. Um, and I were, I were eight years old. So I went, I went through like four years of just, you know, get it, getting over it first, having to deal with it. Um, my mom having to deal with it, having, a, you know, uh, being pregnant, having another child and then losing somebody as well. Uh, she went through that and I just, I can't, I can't really remember them four years. I can only remember from jumping from there to then being 12 years old and playing rugby and starting down sill and my mates from then on in and, yeah. and, and, uh, so I can't re I can't remember what I did for that four years. Um, I think I might I think I might have gone and played football for a little bit and tried to take my mind off it. Mm. And then I met I met Gaz down at Siddle and and that's that's when he come in to my life really. And I, I won't say he took my dad's place because no, obviously nobody would mm. ever take his mm. his spot. But he's been very very close to being um, a father figure to me and um, just. I suppose your parents are there to obviously love and nurture for you and bring you up, but to also uphold standards in, in what, what, what values they see in, in you and what values you need to create for yourself. And for my mom to hold standards on my home life and, you know, what I were doing at home. And then for Gaz to hold standards within mm. sport and he had very high standards and uh, he's a very, very good coach, probably different to normal. You know, he, he always wanted us to to go above and beyond and he, he always kept striving for that, for that next step. And um, that's something that stuck with me. He, he was the first person really to, to teach me mental toughness and what it was. Yeah. And, you know, I'd never heard about it before. Yeah. And it's not something that you get taught. Like we, 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 we go, we go into, we go into training now and, you know, we're constantly on about mental toughness and stuff. But I think some of the people there have not actually been, this is what mental toughness is. This is what it looks like. Mm. This is what mental weakness is. This is what this looks like. And mm. I think he taught me that. 
Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's not something that you get taught when you're when you're young when you're young. No. Um and it helped me out. It, it's helped me massively through, you know, my career. And I'd all, I'd go as far to say as I wouldn't be where I was today without him and a lot of other factors as well. Mm. Um so that's that's how we come into you know my life and we've obviously always stayed in touch and even to this day if I've got any questions about rugby about my life uh, he's just he's somebody that I go to and he, he always seems to have the right advice for me at the right time and then I look back on all the things I've asked him and all the you know the conversations that we've had and thought were well, that right and it's always been absolutely spot on the advice he's given me at that time whether it's because he's so much older than me he's you know 35 years old uh, and he's been through you know he played rugby and he's, he's he's been through every avenue you know played for Halifax yeah. played at played at Uddersfield he's been through every avenue that, that he could go through and made a lot of mistakes himself uh, whether it's that or whether he's learning on run I've never actually had that conversation with him but we're, yeah. we're so very close and even to now like you know you could you could almost say I, I know more about rugby than than he does because I'm playing professionally but I'd always go every every game we always sit down and watch it after and he always goes through my game with me and he always little stuff like, you know, me jogging back to line and not, not having made up and looking like I'm tired when I am and stuff like that. I'll always pick up on them little stuff and they'll say, what, what, what are you doing here? What, what, why, why, why is that so slow? Why do you look, why do you look sloppy there? And like I say, he's just, he just, his standards are really, really high. And for me to get where I need to be, I know my standards need to be really, yeah. really high. Um, and he just keeps me in that mindset. And from, from that rugby, from, from, you know, the standards that he's uphold, we've just become really, really good, close friends. And he has almost been that fa father figure for me. Quite valuable, that, isn't it? Yeah. That's really valuable. And it, and it, I guess it is like that, that sort of way that, you know, it's very much brought out into like that, into the open now, like mental health and mental toughness and all that sort of stuff. And I guess, you know, it's probably not spoken about so blatantly, like back then, you know, when, when we were that age, but it's sort of modeled to you and you sort of, you're lucky to get that example, I think, aren't you? When you when you're that young, you're lucky to to understand that and understand what to pull through the you know the 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 the, uh, the voices in your head telling you not to do it or telling you to stop on that. To experience that and be modelled, you know how to do it and and what what works is really valuable, I guess. And was he was he your coach at Siddle at that time as well? Yeah, he, yeah, he was my coach. Um, yeah, at that time, um, I can I can remember. He used to just little things like you know we used to go and train before I before I started school we used to go and train at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, I used to have a little scooter. Um, Granddad bought me a scooter yeah. where, where you couldn't drive, and uh, we used to go and train in a gym, and we'd be doing like you know treadmill and stuff like that. And I were a fat kid, me. When I, when I was younger, <laughs> I was a really fat kid. <laughs> we're talking about your um, escapades from being fat and skinny, weren't we? Yeah, right? yeah. I can jump from being you know. <laughs> I can remember going to Huddersfield and. Um, in an off season and putting like nine kilo on in an off season just from eating and not caring what I've ate. I could do that. Man. I I could do that. <laughs> um, you know, so I can remember going to gym with him and he just like, you know, them, them mornings, them early mornings. And there is, there is some cycle, whether doing the training in the morning or at night where, it, when everyone's up or whatever, mm. it, it, there's not much science behind it, but there is definitely a psychological edge to that's why I think boxers train at so ridiculous times yeah. in the morning because it's just the the fact of you know training when some everybody else is asleep and he taught me that that's another like you know add on to the mental toughness of me wanting to sleep in and me wanting to you know not jump off treadmill when and he just did keep me on it and he just said this, this is it this is how 
this is what you need to do to be a rugby player and this is how it is. There's no, he didn't give me the option of jumping off the mm. treadmill and didn't give me the option of not turning up on time. It won't, uh, do you want to do it or do you not? It would just, this is what we're doing. This is this is it. This, this is, is what, it. What if, if, if you don't want to do it, then just stop playing rugby now and then that's it. You just go and do whatever you want to do and I'll leave you alone. He always give me the option of, and then I'll leave you alone. Or if you want to come and train with me at six o'clock or if you want to be a rugby player, this is what you have to do. And it's, it, it, there's no, there's no grey. It's just white mm. and black and that's it. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's big, that, isn't it? That's big, that's big like, and, and it's probably had a massive, massive effect on you as a person you'd imagine for like how, how you live your life now do you know what I mean from like those standards those standards and, and we and we know I think as 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 um as pros like to get anywhere in the game to get anywhere in the Super League to get anywhere as an athlete you, you've got to you've got to uphold them you've got to keep to them um, consistently and, and sort of be strict with yourself because I think I think there's, there's so many pros and so many athletes over the years that have I've probably done it for a little while, but then and then let it let it slip. You know, like let let those those standards and those sort of things that they've been striving for in the past to get lower and to sort of get a bit slacker, I guess. Um, and that's that. Yeah, that's sort of a. It's not easy. It's not easy to keep doing it, but that's that's sort of the thing that that has to to keep going, I guess. Yeah, it's. Like you say, it's just doing the right thing all the time, and it it is. It, everyone knows what to do and what you know when to do it, and but like you say, it's it's almost it's almost the success that you you know you 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 play well and you have a good game. It's almost the success that kills you. Like you say, the the setbacks and stuff like that that you have in life, and you get up that next morning, or you know you jump on a weighing scale. And um, you you you're miles overweight. Then you mm. jump on you jump on that next day and you say right that's it. Your diet's absolutely spot on from then on in. Yeah. And and then it's as soon as you start seeing them results, as soon as you start playing well, as soon as you start getting headlines, as soon as you start you know losing weight and looking better, that's when your bad habits creep in. And that's yeah. probably where the elite <laughs> players. That's probably where the elite players differ of to success means next to you know it's good and everything, but it doesn't mean anything in terms of you know, what got them there, they just carry on to keep doing, uh, no matter if they have success or what they don't, and they almost, they just trust what they're doing is right. Yeah. And that's what, that's probably what separates the, you know, everyone when, when stuff's going bad and, you know, everyone at first of Jan wants to be, you know, wants to be in mm -hmm. good nick and it's probably the, um, you know, the, the winners and, and the, and the leaders that do it when, that do it when the success is there and they they have won a challenge cup and they have won a grand yeah, final, but yeah. they want to do it again the next year and again the week the year after that. Mm, yeah, it's sort of a uncommon headspace to be in. I think it's yeah. an uncommon headspace to be in. Um, because on one end you've got to celebrate your victories and you've got to enjoy them. You've got to enjoy the wins, but then obviously you've got to be allowed or you've got to um be able to to keep switched on and to keep focused on that. Um. On, on the on the mission do you know what I mean yeah. on, on the mission I always think somebody once said it to me and I, f I forgot who it was um, but they said the best thing to have in sport is a is a, is a very short memory mm. if you win it's short and you just crack on like you've, you've yeah. you know it's just another day you forgot about that win and you're just back to square one again and if you lose same thing applies you've just got yeah. to let it go you know the best team won on the night or you haven't had such a good game and, you know, everything. And then you're back, you're back to square one again. And I think that's a good way of looking at it that, 
you know, you don't ride the highs too high and you don't let the lows uh, affect you too much. It's quite true, that, isn't it? That's quite true. It's a good way to look at it. Is there any, any things that that you've looked at or that you've seen? I don't know whether it's, whether you listen to much podcasts or books or um, read books or, um, you know, take anything of that in. Is there anything that, that you can think of that, that's helped you along the way or, or is it sort of in the way through people or do you know what I mean? Like, is there anything that, that, that you that you can, obviously mentioned Gaz there, um, as your mentor, anything else that you can think of that, that's kept sort of steering you on the right path, so to speak? Do you know what, mate? Um, it's not it's not so much as, uh, you know, like podcasts or people or anything like that that's that's helped me. I'd say one specific thing I've listened to or one, one yeah. thing. But there's so many experiences we could go into through, you know, being a professional rugby player and um, the things you see and do. But one thing that does hit me hard and one thing that I do always resort back to is the things that I see in rugby league as... As, as in the people that have done so well in the sport of one stuff and then all of a sudden they can be up there lifting a, lifting a trophy and then the next they, they've either got a normal job or they've, you know, they've, they've dropped down a couple of leagues so quick and that it's the, probably the fear of, of ever doing that or, you know, not, not ending on my terms. Mm-hmm. That probably keeps me driving forward. And yeah. th- there's so many good players that I've, that I thought last year he were playing in a, you know, grand final winning side and now he's struggling. He's struggling to get in a championship side or he's only just getting in a championship yeah. side. That's what, that's what probably spurs me on to just keep, keep trying to keep my head down, keep working Strong, hard. Strong in it. The, the fear of that is, is a driver as well, isn't it? Yeah. Just as much as wanting to be good, you know, the fear of it, the fear of losing is quite big as well. Yeah. Like if you, if you, if you sort of, if you don't want to lose that bad, like that's quite a good driver. And it, and um, I know from experiences of the past, um, and I guess at, at Leeds, it's it's sort of a, a very a very specific one for for times at Leeds as well. Is is meant to prove people wrong as well. That's like a really big, really really big driver, um, and something that that I think, I think when you watch rugby league games, I'm not sure if if many people notice it or they'll 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 class it as a tactic or they'll class it as something that can be. Um, put on a piece of paper, but sort of that drive or that sort of the um the coming together of of, of everything that needs to happen, like so like the drive people wanting to play for each other and and each other knowing what to expect from each other is like the the biggest thing. And you can do any technique or any tactic in 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 the game. Um, you know any ta- technique of tackling and 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 how to tackle them, which way to turn them which way to uh, how long to hold them up for but if you get the, the bit behind it that that bit behind it the, you know the drive and the sort of buy-in buy-in yeah exactly that then 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 that's really really powerful and that's that's like the biggest thing to have um, even if you do get smacked on the mouth on in some games you know that, that's that's the biggest thing to have and, and I think you can you can play against any of the best tactics, any of the best game plans. But if you've got that, you you you're in with a chance, I reckon. Yeah, the, there is some. It is. It's ma- in our sport. It is. It's massive because everyone's doing very similar things. Yeah. And everyone's, you know, like we we always spoke. Uh, um, Luke Robinson at Huddersfield always spoke about 
he could come up with the best game plan in the world. The, you know, the, everything's spot on and he knows for a fact if we do that, we beat him. But if we don't buy into it, mm. he, you know, we, we, we lose every week. And flip side, he could come up with the worst game plan in the world. But if we all buy into it and everyone's doing it together, we could end up scraping out there with a win. That's true. It's a mad game, isn't it? It's yeah, a mad game. It's, crazy. it's a good game and it keeps you on your toes, mate. I'll tell you that. It keeps you on your toes. Um so what what are you thinking about Cruz for obviously you've just you know, you've just joined Leeds and we're talking in a, a weird, weird situation, mate. We don't know when the league's gonna get started back again, but um, you know, like what are your goals for for, you know, getting back into playing and that and, and, and what you're striving for now, I guess. Well, I've got two years at Leeds, mate, and um What's always been a massive driver in my career is I've always wanted to to win something. And everyone says that, everyone does say it, but I think some people can go through a career and think if they've earned a lot of money and they've done really well, they've got an house, the, you know, they're satisfied with it. And But I don't think I will. I think I'll always look back on this period and think I've wasted it, even though I haven't. And even though I've played, you know, I've played for Lee Dryners, I've played for Eastfield and, I, you know, I could have had some really good games and playing a grand final, lost out. And, but I, I think I'll look back when I'm, you know, when I'm 60 and I'm in my rocking chair. I think I'll look back on it and I just think I've wasted it. And that's what were a massive thing, massive factor in me moving from Huddersfield to Leeds was I wanted to go somewhere where I I, I could almost guarantee if I stay in that team and we're playing well, we win, uh, we win yeah. silverware. Yeah. And I think at Leeds, that's what's a massive, that's what's massive being different about coming here is um the one the belief in in the Leeds culture and the Leeds way and and other the trust of in as the what they do they know for a fact works because yeah. they've been there they've, they've done it and it's it's almost easier to listen to a blueprint that you know has worked before and yeah. you've seen it work and you know and that's what were a massive driver in me as I, I, I really want to win some Grand final ring, uh, challenge cup. I think it, it, I, I'm I'm almost, you know, I'm almost skeptical of of winning them because when I do that, I think I'll I'll be complete. Then I, I don't know where I'll go from there. I feel like I've done everything I've set out to do. I've done. If I did yeah. that, if I did that this year when I come back, I don't know what I don't know. What, I can't see past that. I can't yeah. see any other way. You know, all this training, all that. I don't know if I'd be, you know, I don't know if I'd be, become more hungry to win more. I don't know if I'd then put my cue in rack and say, I've done it now, I've, that, yeah. that's it. Because that is all I want to do. And that's all, that, that's something that's drove me through my whole career is I've, 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 I've dreamt it, I've seen it. I've seen me, you know, the, the, um, the function room after. I've even seen the function room after with all my family being in there. Yeah, yeah. Me, me, me have won the grand final ring, do you know what I mean? So I don't know where I'd go from there, but that's, that's what I want to accomplish. But first, obviously, I just need to get back playing and, and get in the team. That's quite powerful to see it, to see it and to sort of create it in your mind. And, you know, those steps are coming together. Like, you've obviously come, come to Leeds and worked hard. You've had that, that, that tough injury. And, um, but I think, mate, like like I thought that, I, I, I thought, obviously, I, you know, I was really lucky to, to play in a grand final and win one at 18. Um, and I remember sort of, those weeks after, like, you just feel really like sort of at ease with stuff, do you know? Like, you know, you might spend a few days now, you know, like mid-season and stuff and feel like you need to um, 
get up, do some different stuff and sort of get into routine and stuff. Um, he felt, you know, for a few weeks on that off season, he felt oh, like you've earned it. You're looking, you can chill out, you can relax. Um, and I, I remember just feeling like dead happy. And, um, and I guess that, that question would be posed, you know, to a young lad, you know, do you think you'd, you'd, you'd sort of be happy with that and stuff? But I think as soon as a few weeks pass, you know, you're ready to, to, to get back into it. You're ready to do the next thing and you're ready to do the next challenge to create the next story. So I think what, what a lot of boys that have, have had in, in, in the sort of generation before me that's ended, like sort of as I've been coming up, they've had those sort of teammates to create the memories with and to keep creating them, keep creating them and keep creating the stories. And that's, that's, that's all the fun of it, I think. You know what I mean? I think that's, yeah. it's all, you know, all of it for me is, is sort of the process um, and all the ups and downs in, in there. And then the sort of the final, they just cap it off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's quite a powerful thing to, to sort of, um, to go and do. Um, but yeah, the, they're, they're good moments they're, they're good times then and um, it is all about those sort of memories and, and, and being able to being able to share it I guess with, with, with people and, and to, to understand that that's probably one of the most powerful things about it yeah it's, um, there's no, it's class there's no amount of money or there's nothing you can't you can't buy it can you, you no. can't. that's why that's probably why it's so it's so important to me because like you say you can have the biggest house or whatever but you never like I, I could have, I could have a, the best career going forward, but I'll never be able to say I've experienced what you've uh, experienced, or I'll never be able to engage in that conversation about winning a grand final with you when you're talking to that that select group of, of pl players and people. I'd never be able to come in and and you know relate to that ever. I'd never be able to do that, and I think that's a massive hole that I'm scared of having when when I <laughs> when I finish playing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that mate, that'll drive you. That'll drive you. But um, it's uh, mate, it 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 is it is it is a good experience. It's powerful and it, and funny funny enough, like you you've come at a stage where those teams that have won it in the past, those Leeds teams, like there's not many not many boys left that have that have. I'm trying to think who who played in a grand final now currently at Leeds. Sutty, Sutty, Wacker, 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 the seventeen, Sutty, seventeen as well. Me. Brisk. Briscoe's still here. Yeah, there's there's only there's only an handful really. But you know, that's quite valuable to have that sort of experience in, in the team and stuff, but makes it even more exciting because there's a new batch of players, a new batch of boys that, that wanna go do it, that wanna go experience that. Mate, there's some hungry, hungry players in the in, in that team that yeah. wanna do it and the same as you. Um that have come from different areas, you know, whether it's from the other side of the world, whether it's from round corner. You know, it's so it's quite um it's quite it's quite good to see how, how well we've started as well. Um you know, but I, as I say, I think all of it's in in that relish the process of it, relish the the uh, the unknowing of when we're gonna start again and what the hell the season's gonna look like <laughs> yeah, when we yeah, come yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's um yeah, it's it, it's it's hopefully gonna it's gonna be a good year and hopefully we're gonna learn some stuff along the way, whether we whether we end up there or not. And um, hopefully I can get back on the field soon enough with um, Tech Tech Burner's watch off. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling Cruz it's like Burner's watch. If anyone if anyone listening remembers that, where the Burner gets his little uh, stopwatch out of his pocket 
when he uh, when he needs to do something in life, might be to to nip to shop before everyone ransacks it of, of eggs <laughs> and everything. He presses this watch and time stops still. Everyone stops still, and um, he goes about his life. I think that's what what we're doing in this sense, trying to get back, trying to get back playing because of you know how, how important it is, how how much we want to do it. Because uh, yeah, there's there's some there's some drive in that, and there's some sort of feelings in it that are priceless I think we were talking about that earlier weren't we like the, the feeling where where you win a game and when you you know you, you go for a beer with your mates you go for a beer with your teammates or you just go home to see your family like how how, how good it is how, how how much you can you feel sort of you just feel satisfied don't yeah. you you just feel like there's no there's, there's nothing more that you would want to be doing at that stage at that time whether you yeah. just won and you're in the shower what you're, you feel like you're missing out on nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call. That. You're not missing out yeah. on, you, you know, there's no, when you sat on sideline and somebody wins, it's just like, I hate watching, I hate watching grand finals on TV. Yeah. I hate yeah. watching, I don't watch it. Lads want to go to the pub and watch yeah. a game and I just look at it and I think that I'm missing out. Not a nice feeling. I'm missing out. Yeah. And when you've won and you've played and you're in shower, like you say, with your family or whatever, you know, you're not missing out on anything. Yeah. That's it. That, that's that's the be all and end all. You've won. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it. Would, I don't know. It was said. It might have been Brian Carney. Someone asked him what the best best moment is of of the game um, playing, and I think he said after the final whistle, like if you've won, because like obviously in game it's hard. Like it's like a flogging, and it? it's just like going out and getting flogged. Like it's hard work. Yeah, you're bashing people. You're getting bashed. It's like it's pretty tough for a game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To do it every week. But then that sort of moment when you, you've done it all, it's like a cleansing. It's like, oh, I'm done. We've won. You know, you can chill out. You can actually like sit down and, and, and take a take a breath in for, for a few moments. Um, and I guess you just want to keep compiling them up, keep building them up and, and keep that going. And, and, you know, as a team, we've been going, going quite well and, sort of getting there, nearly getting there, nearly getting there and, and progressing as a team, but I want to keep that going, don't we? Yeah, we'll yeah. get there. We'll get there. We'll come get at, there. Come at a bad time for us, really. This, this, it has, on it? We were going really well, and but we need to get, we'll get five from five if season starts again instead of four from five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a chance to, to go one better. Yeah, it? yeah. Chance to go one better. Um, but yeah, good chat that, mate. I've enjoyed that. Thanks, that Steve. Is that your first ever podcast? Yeah. Uh, no, I've done one more. I've done one more, and I think it was with. Can't remember who it was with, but it's, uh, Paul Anderson. All right. Uh, yeah. We did a little bit of a chat of that, but it wasn't as in depth as this has been. No, no. This, this is the you're in you're in you're in the deep end here, mate. Yeah. Can go even deeper sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, go to a certain certain level. Um, no diving this time. <laughs> But yeah, it's class, mate. Class to have you over. Had a good morning. Had a good morning down at the uh, Hyde Park. Hyde Park had a good brekkie and, and um, finished off with a class conversation. So cheers for that. Yeah, anytime, mate. Cheers, anytime. Mate, Thanks for having me, mate. Legend. Before you get off, guys, check out the stuff that we've got going on at mentalityapparel.com. And if you ever want to support us, go over to patreon.com forward slash mentality. That's P A T R E O N dot com forward slash mentality you can support us in any capacity there but also you can join the mentality club and really get involved and get amongst it 
and go towards making change, making big change. Cheers, guys. See you on the next one.